Welcome to Oktoberfest, motherfuckers! By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. It's a thousand years to Christmas, Mr. Hubbard. Wait. That's right. There's another tradition. Very important. Always check your candy. Can somebody tell me what the Sam Hill is going on around here? Well, we can't, sir. Well, who are you? We're the Monster Squad. Welcome back to the Project Gen X Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry! And in this episode, we're going to be talking about... Uh, Quite a bit, actually, but um, uh, tentatively, the HBO series Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> One of my favorites. And uh, there is a long history before we ever get to the first episode of that TV series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, Tales from the Crypt um, actually started off as a comic book by EC Comics back in the 1950s. Yep. There was Tales from the Crypt. The Haunt of Horror and um, Two Fist. You had tales. the Haunt of Fear. No, the Haunt of the Fear was Vault of Horror. Vault of Horror. That's what it was. Those three crime suspension well, stories, shock suspension those, stories, those are, Two okay. Fisted Tales. Those were other. There was also that weird. There was like Weird Science, and there's a whole bunch. EC Comics Weird pro- Tales. Yeah, EC Comics uh, published a whole bunch of different comic books, but there were most most people remember them for the the horror stuff and the sci fi stuff that they did. They were the inspiration for the movie Creep Show. That very, very much oh, the inspiration for absolutely. Creep Show. Uh, they are also almost single-handedly um, responsible for the comics code that came out, and, oh, yeah. and Doctor Wortham's The Seduction of the Innocents, which was complete bullshit, <laughs> and just about ruined an entire industry. Why don't you tell us how you really feel? It's true. Okay, don't show Do you know what you, you know. Okay, so this guy was a, was a child psychologist. Okay, and so he was he was. The government got him to study uh, uh, juvenile delinquency. All right, okay? here we go. Here's the axe yes. getting ground. Okay. No, no, he's right. This, no, this basically this is the whole thing. What he did is he went in and he talked to a bunch of juveniles that had you know had problems with the law. You know, was always getting in trouble, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And he noticed that all of them had a comic had comic books that you know usually they had a comic book stuffed in their back pocket or something like that. He's like, well, obviously it must be the comic books. It's you know, and that's essentially all of the research he did. It's the Music Man with Pool. I mean, yeah, it's the it's same a, idea. Any know. number of things, right? You know, it's all rock and rolls. You know, it's a reason for child, you know, childhood delinquency. You know? Absolutely, movies are causing people to do this. Video games are causing school shooters. Whatever the fuck it is that somebody wants to decides they don't like, and then they go after it, trying to, to, to attach it to something that there's no proof of. And it took them so, years before yeah. they could actually release the uh, the comic code. So, yes, well, and even to it was, today, well, it's the still comic kind of code, the comic, the comic book code was basically kind of like the um, the 
Oh, what is it? The 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 Hayes Code? No, well, kind of like that. Kind of, no, what is the the video games? The MSRC is that what it is? Or the MS, uh, not MSRP? Uh, I know what you're. You know what about. I'm trying to say. It. Where it's a oh, so the the P uh, the PMRC. PMRC, yeah, yes. The Parents Resources. Whatever, that's blah, that's blah, blah. the music group. Well, it, it also tra- I think it transitioned over into there, the video. There is there well. video that, games. So. It's basically it was freaking Tipper Gore. It was basically and Joe Lieberman. Don't forget about Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman All and Hillary right. Clinton are very 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 responsible for why we have ratings on video games these days um the thing with it is that all of it is it was basic all of those things that we mentioned were basically the industries themselves saying okay fine we'll do this thing if you'll leave us alone you know just kind of we'll we'll self-regulate it's the same thing with the uh the mpaa yeah okay that was something that that the the motion picture association of america decided we're trying to get around the Hayes code we'll do this thing and we'll we'll give all these things ratings so that the government doesn't step in and try to censor what we're doing so basically what happened is that they destroyed an entire industry because in the 1940s and 50s comic books were bigger than anything yeah adults kids whatever okay and with this whole thing happening, there were, there were rules that were putting in place. You couldn't have scenes of uh, violence. You, you couldn't, couldn't have, have red blood. blood. You couldn't have red blood. You couldn't have vampirism or lycanthropy nope. or um, or zombies. Or th- you couldn't say anything bad about the government. You couldn't. I mean, there's all kinds. Or excuse me, it was bad about authority figures. Yeah. That's what it was. There were all these stupid, just archaic things that they put on. That that came out of these comic books. Now, what's one of the cool things that did come out of EC Comics though was Mad Magazine. Yes, which and matter of yeah. fact, this show was. <laughs> and you know what? I have done zero research on this. this. Is just shit that I've picked up over the years. I'm so, so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> this was actually created. One of the the main creators was a gentleman by the name of William Gaines. Yes, he was. Which is one of the founding fathers of Mad Magazine. Yes, yes he was. He created <laughs> Alfred E. Newman. You know. Yes. Um, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this show, well, here's a little bit of the background on it. It was um, it ran seven seasons, mm-hmm. uh, ran from '89 to '96. Uh, both of them started around July, mm-hmm. which is kind of an odd time for this one to start. But um, the theme we're going to break down the basics of the show, yes. and then we'll get into the individual episodes because there's a ton of them. I was going to say before we get into all that, yep. one of the things like the defining. Characteristics, characteristics of the comics that also are in is in the show. Yes, is that usually it's this? There's a character that's upset about something, and so he goes and creates this situation that's kind of supernatural, and then he gets some kind of he or she gets some kind of comeuppance in the end. It's Faustian. It's very much so. Oh, it's yeah. And this was Faustian. like always. Like now, one of the things with all those EC comics back in the day, obviously the dudes that were writing this really had some problems at home because the women were always the ones who were getting oh, murdered yeah. or was, something. There was, <laughs> they, they, they were always put in a bad light. Yeah. Always put in yeah, a bad no, light. They, they, so. Women can't live with them, can't bury them in the backyard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but in all... I, I'm, women can't live with them. <laughs> oh, rude. 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 He's also come to the guy that's been divorced twice. Fair. Fair. He's single, folks. Anyway. Yeah. Not, why is somebody snapping me up? I mean, but there's a reason why. <laughs> well, to, to kind of go into this. So, again, the basics for the show was, as Alan kind of mentioned, you, you have an opening sequence with the theme music by... 
Danny, Danny Elfman, Elfman, which is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Basically, if it's any kind of creepy music, nine times out of ten, it's going to be Danny yeah. Elfman. And you or re- just fun. Yeah. I mean, that's what really Upbeat. the music for this is. Oh, it's great. Fun. It's yeah. great. If you yeah. took, if you didn't know what this show was, yes. and they just played somebody the music, you would think it's some kind of like carnival music. Yeah, or something. absolutely. It has that it's kind of up tempo. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Simpsons. Yeah, you very know, much so. Very much. Very much that, so. That, you know, that, that really, um, yeah, that really l- it lilts, and you know, it's just like, oh, it's very nice. And you get introduced to your host, the Crypt Keeper, played or voiced by John Cassier. Passer? Uh, something like that. I can't that, remember how you yeah. pronounce his last name. Hello, kitties. Yeah. He always had bad puns. I love Oh, it. they're so With stuff bad. like, hello, welcome, uh, boils and ghouls. Yes. I know. Yes. It's and a, he would always open with some kind of like a little bit of a, a monologue. Yes. Where it was some kind of just little grip description. And then he would open into the and actual sometimes the, the setting for yes. the crypt was very themed yeah. to the episode. Right. It, you know, well, it might be something to the episode. He, right, he might be like, wearing you know, he might be wearing, or, he might be wearing you know, like a Hawaiian shirt or right. you know or he dressed as Santa Claus or something, you right. know, yeah. where it's very much a theme to what we're getting ready to see. So. so and then it would segue it would cut away to a screenshot that looked like it was a comic book yes. drawing, mm-hmm. usually from some scene in the episode. Not necessarily the opening scene, but some, some scene, scene in right. the episode. Yep. And then it would start the actual show. You would go through the shows. They were usually about, what, half an hour, 45 minutes? Uh, no. They were, I mean, I, I think the episodes were somewhere in that 20 to 30 minute, depending. Right. Uh, so every once in a while, you would get one that was extended that might go yeah. past half an hour. Of okay. course, you got to remember this is HBO. There's no commercials. So we, we say when you say that it's like it was a 20, 20 minute episode, it was a 20, 20 minute episode. And it was a 20 minute episode, no holds barred. Right. Right. Because it was, it was HBO. Yeah. And, you it know, the thing is, cable, is that so. they. they in the beginning, they leaned into the HBO of it all, yes. but as they realized that kids were really watching a lot of this, they pulled back. Well, yeah. yes and a little bit. Uh, yes and no. There's a whole story behind that. Um, we'll get into that as well. But yeah, Dave's right. It did actually lean very heavily into like the violence, the profanity, the yes. nudity. This was really one of the first the gore, the gore the aspect gore of it. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of sexual activity. You know, that kind of thing happened. But like I said, you would go all the stuff the, they couldn't get away with in the comic books anymore. Right. Well, <laughs> that they were hinting in the comic books that you always heard people talk about, but you never right, saw in the right, comic right. book. <laughs> so then after, it, you know, it would tell the whole story, and at the end of it, the Crypt Keeper would come back and kind of put his little thumbprint on the end of it. Right. You know, give some kind of a bad pun to describe what happened in the episode. So bad puns. And then it so would, you know, fade puns. out from there with that cackle, that mm-hmm. infamous cackle from oh, the Crypt Keeper. Oh, cannot. Yeah. Get, I mean, no one can There is that no now. denying who that is when you hear it. So, the executive producers... Mm-hmm. To use a, a, a phrase that my friend Alan loves to use a lot, mm-hmm. it is a murderer's row <laughs> of producers. Listen to some of these names. Robert Zemeckis, Joel Silver, David uh, Giller, Giller, Giller mm-hmm. one of my favorites, Walter Hill, mm-hmm. and Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. V- Richard Donner. Richard Donner played most, such a big role in most this. Most definitely it was you can see his influence on this. Now, before we even get into the episodes, as I mentioned, the the initial theme was done by Danny Elfman. Yes. But the composers that were in all of these episodes, because they had individual composers right. for the shows, for the Yeah, El- Elfman themselves. just did the main theme. The, the opening like, and the closing. Right. That he was his. He didn't do the, the music. Well, I think he the, actually did do a couple of episodes. He did a little but, bit, you know. but he wasn't on every episode. But listen to some of these names, boys. These are the composers that were in this. Steve Bartek mm-hmm. from Oingo Boingo. Imagine that. Frank Becker, <laughs> Bruce Broxton, Bill Conti, as in the guy that wrote the right. theme from Rocky, 
Ry hey, Cooter. You fly now. So. Ry Cooter, you know, Crossroads, right. one of my favorite albums. Uh, Christopher Frank from Tangerine Dream. Yep. Jay Ferguson had a hit with the oh, song Thunder Island. Yes, yeah. Jan Hamer, as in <laughs> as Miami, Miami Vice. Vice scene. Right, right, right. <laughs> James Horner, mm-hmm. Vladimir Horinsky, or Horzinski, I can't pronounce it, the guy that wrote the theme for Zorro. Oh, okay. Michael Kamen, who wrote the theme oh, for yeah, Michael Lethal Kamen. Wayman, yeah, I remember, yeah. Lethal Weapon. Kamen. Um, let's see. David Newman, as in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, David Michael Newman. Michael Kamen also did the theme for uh, Last Action Hero. Michael Rubini, who did The Hunger. J. Peter Robinson, who did Wayne's World. Walter Warzoa, who did Eraser. Alan Silvestri, yes. as in Back to the Future, Alan right, Silvestri. Right. And the one that shocked me the most when I read this, because it's, again, a long list. Jimmy Webb, as in, like, Galveston, and by the time I get to Phoenix, yeah. Oh, that, okay. That Jimmy Webb okay, wrote yeah. for, or composed songs wow. for this nice. show. I was like, you are talking about country and pop music well, royalty through this. You know? Well, did they also have a hand in the Tales from the Crypt Christmas album? Uh, that oh, well, we I talk about don't that. think so. I think that was all independently done for that, but we'll get into that. I there, promise. there is a ton. Oh yes, and I mean a ton. Oh, of yes. products around this thing. Oh yeah, and that spinoffs. Was, that was the nice thing yes, about bring it this. The there's, there's two prominent spinoffs. Well, not there's counting the quite movies. a few. Yeah, but um, so and yes, this did beget officially two, realistically unofficially three well, movies. That third one is unwatchable. It's I'm sorry. Yeah, it's straight it's, to it was straight to video. You're talking it, about it, ritual, ritual. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just bad. Um, Demon Knight. Demon Knight. Which is actually a good movie. Yes. And then the Bordello shit storm that is Blood. Bordello of Blood. Which is just a fun popcorn romp. Yeah. Not even close to fun. There's nothing fun about this. It's, oh, come on. Let's, it's horrible. Let's, let's be honest. It is, all right, we're going to do a movie about vampires. Yeah. All right, with let's. Corey, let's, with, uh, Corey, Corey Feldman, Feldman, you know. Let's, and Angie Everhart is in there. And, and what's let's his just, name? Let's Dennis just Miller. Yeah, what the hell is Miller. Dennis Miller and doing in this just, movie? And uh, what's her name? Alonkiak uh, is in this. Erica Leniak. Uh, Leniak, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, fine. We're just going to stick the, we're going to do this with vampires. Fine. Let's just get a lot of uh, really scantily clad naked women and put them in this thing, and and we'll say they're vampires in yeah. a brothel, basically. Yeah. I'm not seeing a like, downside here. Yeah, except so. the fact the movie sucked. Okay, oh, the, movie, the movie was a flaming <laughs> pile of turds. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. After Demon Knight being so good, I was really high on this movie and went so, to the theater. And was like, I want my money back. Right. Seriously, I want so my I, money I, back. On before this, we yeah. before we even get in, since we're already on the movies, let's talk about the movies for just a moment here, because you talked about Demon Knight, yes. and I mean this one, you know, Billy Zane. Yes, <laughs> Billy Zane. Zane defined this freaking movie. And they had actually set up for a sequel to Demon Knight. Mm -hmm. It was called Dead Easy. That's what was going to be produced. And apparently there's still a script floating around there somewhere, and I would love to read it. Demon Knight also had a very popular soundtrack. For some reason, Universal decided that they didn't want to go that route. They wanted to turn it into Bordello of Blood. And that's when it just decided to go completely south. Um... (laughs) So bad. It was just there's nothing redeeming on this movie. No. And then they had a a movie called Ritual. I don't right. know how you can say that with Angie Everhart in it. Uh, and, and I love Erica right. Leniak. First but, off, know. Angie Everhart is nice to look at, but she's not an actor. Okay. <laughs> who, who said I was watching it for her? I acting? said she's nice to look, or she was nice to look at back in the '90s. Yeah. I'm sure she's still a lovely woman, but. 
She yeah. is not an actor. You know me and my thing. No, about I Redskins. know you and your. But um, the movie Ritual. I would have thought the Doggy Stardust would have like you know killed that for you. He's, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's not wrong, Dave. He's that not I wrong. did for Matt. So it's <laughs> it's, it's not real red hair. It's so, more of a purplish pink garbage. Yeah, I gotta sleep sometime, Dave. Don't even <laughs> don't paint that imagery. But Ritual was never officially a Tales from the Crypt movie. It was never branded right, as Tales from the Crypt. But because it was made by the same production staff. And it carried in that same kind of feel. They unofficially call it the third Tales from the Crypt right, movie. Right. So, and I have to do this before we start getting into some of the episodes. The guest star list. Oh, on oh this I'm gone. No, un- allow me. Real. I have the list. Oh, so do I. But you go right ahead, yeah. sir. So we're talking about. Let me pull my glasses off so I can actually read this. Michael Anthony Hall. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bill Paxton, Billy Zane, Benicio Del Toro, Bobcat Goldwaith, Brad Pitt, Brad Dourif, Brad Garrett, Brooke Shields, Carol Kane, Catherine O'Hara, Cheech Marin, Christopher Reed, Corey Feldman, Cynthia Gibb, Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Craig, Demi Moore, Don Rickles, Ewan McGregor, Hank Azera, Iggy Pop, Isaac Hayes, Jada Pinkett Smith, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants, Joey Pants. Joe Pesci, John Astin, John Lithgow, John Stamos, Jonathan Banks, Judd Nelson, Katie Seagal, Kirk Douglas, Kyle McLaughlin, Lance Hendrickson. Yes. Lance, Lance freaking Hendrickson. Hendrickson. That's right. <laughs> Leah Thompson, Lou Diamond Phillips, Malcolm McDowell, Martin Sheen, Meatloaf, Michael J. Fox, Natasha Richardson, Patricia Arquette, Rita Rudner, Roger Daltrey, R. Lee Ermey. Yep. Robert Patrick, Slash, Steve Buscemi, Ted Danson, Terry Hatcher, Tim Curry, Tom Hanks, Travis Tritt, Whoopi Goldberg, William Hickey, Vincent Spano, and the list goes on and on. And one and that on. you did skip over that is quite possible. It's one of my favorite episodes, and it's not him in it, but you hear his voice through the entire thing. Sam friggin' Kinnison. Oh, I'd forgotten about yes. Sam. That is one of my that had to be an early favorite episode, episode because season he, two or season three. He now. barely made it into the 90s. Yeah, alive. well, fair. You're not wrong. But that is just a smattering of... Now, granted, this show was on for seven seasons, yes, so there's was. going to be a ton of it. But it was like now, in every the episode. the first season was like, what, 13 episodes or something like uh, that? Not, might not even been that long. But, yeah, it was and a, then when you get to the second season, it's It really ballooned yeah, But everybody a, wanted to be on Oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. It's like everybody yes. wanted to be on The Simpsons. Well, not only that, I mean... it. When they initially cast it, they wanted to have one guest star per episode. That was kind of their goal. What they ended up getting was multiple guest stars per episode. Now, here's the funny thing, boys. Had it not been for Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. this show would not exist. What? Okay. So, the Joel Donner. Silver yeah, was I mean, the producer, a... and he met Richard Donner on the set of Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. Right. They started talking about wanting to do a series based off of these old comic books. And they were... Donner was still a little tender from Twilight Zone, the movie. Right. And the reception that it got. So he wanted to try to redeem himself and try to figure out a way to do this, but do it more like serials, where you had right. those standalone short, you know, short stories that could be digestible in a half-hour, 45-minute episode. Yeah. And when he started sharing this vision with Joel Silver, they started putting it together right away. The problem was that when they tried to put it together, they 
didn't really know who to sell it to because obviously there's no way they could make these types of movie or these types of shows on broadcast, broadcast television. Right. Nobody would want to see this. They could have gone to syndication the way that um, Tales from the Dark Side, Friday the Thirteenth, the series, and um, yeah. well, but the reason why I'm saying that that show and then uh, War of the Worlds, which is on at the same time, and then Freddy's Nightmares, which were all done by the same the same um, production company. Right. And because they were syndicated, they could be shown, you know... Wherever, whenever. Wherever. And so it was one... This this fell, this fell over. Okay. And they got away with a little more than regular... No, they really did. Especially... You go back and watch some of the... those Freddy Nightmares and the even CW like the, and and the, later, the, but, yeah. but but this is I'm not no this is like well, no, the CW, CW right, didn't yeah. even exist. We're talking then. about like UHF stations, right? You know, okay. like and you I, know, I'll give you that. The, the, but even you know, still, I mean, when they started, now not what they could have got away with, no, HBO, nowhere obviously, close. but they could have gotten away. If you go back and watch some of those old like Friday the Thirteenth the series mm-hmm. and think about when they were on, yeah, or or the Freddy's Nightmares, and it's like wow, they got away with a lot. Well, I mean, so, they tried to put. As a matter of fact, Nightmares, that was one of the things with those two and War of the Worlds series. I put like, all three of them came under like serious scrutiny for some of the stuff they were they were. See, I liked Friday the Thirteenth. I, I did too. But yeah. the thing about it was, is that when I first saw it advertised, I was thinking they got Jason on no, TV. Yeah, and it no. And then I saw it, and I was like, I was really kind of hacked off because I felt like it was a bait. And if switch. they if they had called and, it something else, and then I got but it into was the, it, but it was the name recognition, right? And I agree. But then yeah. it was one of those things where it was like, no, that was which might be something we think about doing maybe next year or something. That show because that show was really good. It was Anybody three got seasons. It was. Anybody I got, got copies of I the? Do, yeah. I do. Okay, oh, I'm gonna, good, so. man, good man. <laughs> I'm going to be bringing you a hard drive. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so so a couple of things on this. Um, like I said, this movie or this series was known for having multiple directors, you know, multiple writers, yes, multiple, yes. you know, all this kind of stuff was all over it. And the funny thing is, Schwarzenegger directed an episode. Yes, I know, and was yep. paid scale right. to do it. Right, he was paid fifteen thousand dollars to direct this episode, and that's it. And he considers it one of the greatest moments of his. And this is when Schwarzenegger was at his height. Yeah. yeah, and he considered this one of the greatest moments of his in, being in the movie business. That's what I love about that man. There's a lot to not like, but I love that about him. This movie did a couple, or this show did a couple of other things. Screw on your freedoms. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No. So you talked a little bit about the. Um, oh, hold on. Okay. There was a. There's a movie you didn't talk about. Which one? There was one in the 1970s. This Tales from the Crypt, yes. Okay. And there is a this one. really, 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 really bad Crypt Keeper that they have. Oh God. It's kind of an anthology movie, kind of like Creep Show a little bit. Right. Um, it's not good. I think the whole thing might be on YouTube if you go and look it up. I think it was like early, early like 72, 73, somewhere around in there. Right. Um, but it was, but it, 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 the DNA came from the EC Comics. Right. And that's why they had the Tales from the Crypt, you know, whatever. Um, then... It's very popular show, so what do we do? We have to have like you know spinoffs. Also, one of the things with the fact that it was so popular with kids, there was a Saturday morning cartoon called we'll Tales get, from the t- the Crypt Keeper. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But <laughs> something I that have you, some of those action well, figures around here somewhere. So there actually was a game show. Also, we'll get to that. Yeah, too. Yeah, there was. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Calm myself, boys. And then there was per- versions of now science. You don't tell me to calm myself. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget perversions of science. All right. So. Well. Um, but what I was going to mention is you talked about um, how some of them were kind of censored and some were not. Mm-hmm. The reason why every episode that they shot, they actually shot two versions right, of so it. so they could put it in syndication. Well, 
because they were put they had already got a deal with Fox by ninety four right. to be able to do it on Friday nights mm-hmm. and it was called HBO's Tales from the Crypt. Right. If it's just branded as Tales from the Crypt, that is the version that was released on HBO. Right. right. So it has the gore, the nudity, the, the language, the, the language whatever, all that stuff. Right. If it's branded as HBO's Tales from the Crypt, that's the version that was released into syndication out to Fox or mm-hmm. whomever picked it up. And that's where they would run those. Now, the funny thing is, by the time that they got that into syndication, they they knew that they were going to plan to do this in the first place. So they had actually already recorded, I think it was like four seasons of two versions of each song or right. two versions of each episode. So they had a library mm-hmm. to go back to. So that's one of the reasons why if you st- I think uh, USA ran it for a while. Yes, USA did. Uh, you know, I saw it at several different places. Yeah, it's I know, bounced around I know a couple Our places. local Fox affiliate would show them yes, on Friday late nights. nights. Uh, yeah. And I'll be honest, they, they, they were never as good. No, nah, I mean, the spirit was there, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but it, it just, again, because if you had seen any of the actual HBO ep- right. episodes, it was like, well, this is a really watered-down version of this. Oh, yeah. But they've done that with other TV shows as well, yeah. where it's like, oh, we're going to put this on you know, wherever, and we'll, we'll edit out all the stuff. So something I, I discovered, you, you knew that the Crypt Keeper was a Jim Henson product, mm-hmm. right? The eyes for the Crypt Keeper <coughs> were from Chucky. The original Chucky doll. That doesn't surprise me. If you go back and watch the way his eyes move around and go back and watch the original Child's Play, they're the same eyes. Okay. It's just, I didn't believe that, and I had to go back and watch an episode from the first season, and I'm like, oh, crap. Wow. <laughs> that's, cool. that's just weird. Uh, all right, so we've bounced around a lot on this. Right. And, 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 and it's easy to do. It's very easy to do on this because there's so much to impact on this. Right. I, I know, you know, Alan, I know you're passionate about this, sh- this, this show. Stuff. Dave, I know you've watched quite a few episodes as well. What's what's? Give me one of your favorites. One of your favorite episodes, because I have several. I, you know, I'll be honest. I was going to go back and rewatch because I have all this stuff, and I didn't get a chance to because I just kind of ran out of time. That's okay. And I cannot, for the life of me, remember any individual episode. Episode. Okay. I remember bits and pieces of stuff. I'm from kind here of the same there. way because I didn't have a chance to go back okay. and watch it either. Well, in that case, I will go right ahead. I will I, share with you. Honestly, guys some you know of my what's favorites. really funny is that I can actually like tell you from the comics mm-hmm. certain stories that I loved, yep. <laughs> but I can't remember anything from the show for some reason. So, so I'll 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 touch on a few of them, and I'm sure this may spark a few memories on this. The first one I've got is for, most of mine came from like season two, season mm-hmm. three, because that to that's me, when they really kind of hit. A that was the yeah. sweet spot. Season two, episode three, it was called Cutting Cards. This is the one with Lance Hendrickson, right? Where it's the two poker players that are meeting and they decide to play. You know, they're they're trying to figure out who's the best, and they mm-hmm. end up playing chop poker. Right. So whoever wins a hand, the oh, loser has to chop like a finger yeah, off. Yeah, I remember that. And episode. it keeps going and keeps That's going and keeps one. going. And, you know, it starts off with them trying to play Russian roulette and mm-hmm. the gun misfires and doesn't work and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And they're just trying to, you right. know, one of them's got to live. Right. Well, and it's so wonderful because it just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And at the very, very end of it, you see them sitting with no arms, no legs, just torsos and head playing checkers with one another. And the last line of it, Lance Hendrickson kind of pushes it over, looks at his opponent, goes, King me! Mm. And the, the opponent looks at him and goes, Pass the gum. Mm. <laughs> I was just like, I love this. Yeah. And it truly, it let Lance Hendrickson be Lance Hendrickson, right. which which I loved. Should, we should always let Lance Hendrickson be oh, yes. Lance Hendrickson. Um, the, one, <laughs> the one that I mentioned with um, 
uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. No, not Schwarzenegger. Uh, Sam Kennison. Oh yeah. Was called for crying out loud, which just happens to be a meatloaf song. Yeah. But uh, this is the one you know where I love you. <laughs> the rock producer <laughs> is like scamming money, and his accountant, played by Katie Segal, mm-hmm. uh, knows it and is, is basically blackmailing him to keep the cash, and he ends up hitting her in the head with a guitar and kills her and stuffs her in a guitar case mm-hmm. to try to sneak her out. Well, Sam Kinison is his voice of reason. Oh. And he's constantly trying to put this... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He's constantly trying to put this kind of God, weird... God, there is a part of me now that wants Sam Kinison to be the voice oh, of Oh, it's so beautiful just, just to hear... I'm not sure that he's <laughs> not already. Iggy Pop is on stage. He's trying to sneak out behind him. And you hear Kinison going, I killed my banker! <laughs> and he thinks that everybody else can hear the voice because right. everyone's staring at him the entire time. And it's just so epic to see at the mm-hmm. very end of it where he confesses, I didn't mean to kill my banker. And he kind of reaches up to his hand and he, he ends up touching the side of it and he realizes that he had a Q-tip stuck in his ear mm-hmm. where he punctured his eardrum so he couldn't hear anything. Oh. <laughs> it was priceless. Yeah, there's always some twist. Oh, yeah. Well, in, that's in just the, it. The, like, yeah, that's, and that's where the, all of those... All of those EC comics. All of them had a little twist to the knife. Right. Right at the end. Right. So another one that I loved was called Abracadaver. This is the one from season five with Tony Goldwyn and Bo Bridges, where they found this drug that's supposed to, like... Reanimate. Reanimate somebody. And it preserves the brain and all this other kind of stuff. And it says, that you know, the brain stays going while the body dies away, and the first thing that dies off is a sense of touch. Mm -hmm. And... um, you know, uh, Bo Bridges, or um, sorry, Tony Goldwyn plays a prank on his brother, and in the process of it, his brother gets revenge back on him and plays the prank. Well, in the middle of it, he has a heart attack, mm-hmm. so he injects him with the drug, and you see the final scene is them laying on the, the table where he's about to cut the brain out, and he goes, oh, it actually worked. Only one problem. The sense of touch wasn't the last thing to go, or it wasn't the first thing to go. It's the last thing. Oh. So he's going wow. through all the pain of having, right. you know, oh, right, yeah. it's just, oh, it was brutal. I loved it. Um, there was a few other ones that were kind of, you know, somewhat memorable. Like there was one called on a dead man's chest about the, the guy that got the tattoo of Tia Carrera on his chest. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, but th- the best thing about this one was who was in this episode. You ready for this, Dave? Greg Allman. Oh, wow. Okay. Rudy Sorrow. Yeah. And Steve Jones. Wow. You want to talk about, yeah, that's the band end all band right there. There you go. Um, one that I loved. And I think this was one of his last things that he did before his accident. There was an episode called What's Cooking? Okay. This oh, is the one the with Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve. Yeah. He and his wife own this this um, diner, and it's not doing well, and it's just going, you know, slowly going bankrupt. And um, they, they're having trouble getting supplies. And this drifter comes in, who, by the way, was Meatloaf, mm-hmm. uh, ends up... oh. Did they he make starts, meatloaf? He starts cooking something in the back, and it it starts bringing in more customers, and people are going crazy for it and loving it, loving it, loving it. And then they discover he's serving them people. Hmm. And at the oh, end, so it's kind of a barber of um, barber Seville. It's yeah. it's sort of the 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 the, the Sweeney Todd. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. I Sweeney like to Todd. think of it as it's, it's to Sweeney. It's Sweeney Todd meets the episode of the Twilight Zone of To Serve Man, right? Because it's right along those same lines. And I mean, there's these are just a couple of my favorite ones. But my question is, did they make meatloaf out of meatloaf? Uh, no, they made steak out of him, oh. which is even better. 
Uh, and then there is one, and hey, I, I th- I, if, it, if I'd been the guy writing it, I would have made meatloaf out of meatloaf. Yeah. Well, you know, but life you is a lemon, and I want my money I back. You so. say he'd do anything for love, but he won't do that. So. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> for crying out loud. All right, come on. Yeah. Um, anyway. Hey, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh my soul. <laughs> the last one I want to talk about on this one, unless you guys get you know memory jogged on any of these other ones, was one called Death of Some Salesman. Death of some salesman. Some salesman. Uh, This is the one that had Ed Bigley Jr. in it. But the thing that was the most memorable about this, the the plot wasn't all that important. The fact that you had Tim Curry in this movie, or in this episode, not playing one, not two, but three separate characters, on top of the fact that also in this episode, one of my goddesses, Yvonne DiCarlo, is in this episode. Yvonne DiCarlo. Lily Munster. Ah, yeah. I That's just, right. I, I'm like, how? How do you put Tim Curry and Lily Munster in this same episode? Mm. It's so good. But again, these are just some of my favorites. I know you guys have some of yours as well. Um, if I could remember, I know after, after, after you watch them, they all if kind I of can blend. Get time to go back and rewatch them, and I know that it would be one of those things. I, I, I sit down and start watching. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this one. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. But. My brain is so fried right now. Just no uh, worries. I uh, know. So we'll talk. Uh, you mentioned about the other versions of this show oh, because yeah. they had several. The first one, as you mentioned, was Tales from the Crypt Keeper. Right, it was that Saturday was the Saturday morning cartoon. It was an odd because that show was on like it never would go away. No, like it, it, it was, was always like, got kind of spun out. It will. It would way. like they. There was like. I think there were like two seasons of it right well, off the bat. Well, it started in 93. Right. But it didn't end until 99, but there was a huge gap between seasons, right. you know, type stuff. Because we talked about that on our spinoff stuff, yeah. you know. Um, and Dave had mentioned the the kids' game show. It was Secrets, Secrets of, of the, the Crypt Keeper's right. Haunted House. Right. Uh, they there had, was a radio series. There was a radio series. Uh, it was called uh, Tales from the Crypt. And it was a radio series in right. conjunction with the Sci-Fi Channel. Yes, and it was put out on on Audible. their website, wasn't it? Audible.com. Audible.com. Okay, and then they also had Two Fisted Tales, which um, that was one of the old EC comics. Yeah, yeah, that was Fox coming out, and they did have Crypt Keeper segments in it. Yeah, it wasn't officially a pull-off well, of that, but, but it was HBO also did the Perversions of Science, yes. which was a spinoff yep. as well. You well, know, and they and tried to do a rebirth of. They've this, tried a couple of times, you know, a few yeah. times, and it's never really been successful uh in 2011 they uh gilbert adler who actually was one of the producers on the original series decided he wanted to do a rebirth on it it didn't really go over that well and it just kind of started because they were going to omit the crypt keeper no you can't do yeah that. uh in 2016 entertainment weekly announced m night shamalama ding dong i was remember do this i remember that and that would have been terrible yeah and i mean it just and then in 2017 tnt said that they were going to do it but I they couldn't get the also, rights to it right because hbo wouldn't give up the rights exactly <sighs> and i love i love these these media corporations who have the rights to something that they're not using. Well, yeah. But then whenever somebody comes along and says, hey, I got an idea. Can we use them over here? Like, you know, you don't have to sell us the rights, but just license them to us. And then we'll get it. And they're yeah. like, no, 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 that's ours. We're not giving it to you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we might decide to do something, but you're not going to. It's kind of like Firefly. You know, I mean, that. How well, many times, screw Josh. I, well, it's not, really? I'm, talking about, I'm talking about Fox. No, okay? screw Josh Wheat. Well, but Fox kept that show from ever coming back because they were like, no, we're going to do something with it. No, they were and, and their idea of we're going to do something with it is we're going to sit on it and not let anybody and not admit right. that we were wrong. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. That's okay. So <laughs> That's uh, an episode for another day. <laughs> this is also one of the first series, I know one of the first series out of HBO that actually spawned off 
several albums. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, first off, you've got the movie soundtracks. Right. Well, you the movie soundtracks. Really you good. actually had a soundtrack for the show. Yeah. Uh, it came out in 91 on mm-hmm. big screen records. Yep. Then you had their Christmas album, yes, which I'm yeah. self a scary little Christmas. You had Deck the Halls with Parts of Charlie. <laughs> you had Juggle Bills. We wish you'd bury the missus. Um, all these puns. Twas the fright before Christmas. Yes. Twelve days puns. of Cryptmas. So many puns. Have yourself a... Oh, My should, favorite. Should old, should old cadavers be, be forgot? <laughs> but then you had, in 2000, the mon- Monsters, of Metal. Monsters of Metal. Yes. And we're talking about Black Sabbath, Armored Saint, Megadeth, Megadeth. Pantera, Queensryche, with Eyes of a Stranger, which I got to see. Yeah. Prong doing Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Apartment neck. 26, Arch Enemy, Judas Priest, Prong, you just said, Dio, Anthrax, Merciful Fate, Entombed, The Haunted, Metal Church. I mean, I mean that's David's that's a, got such a hard on. Oh yeah, oh he's. I, I have to. I had to slide over towards you a little. I'm bit. kind of going to listen to this on the way home. Well, if it's on Spotify. David's never like little never been this inter- uh, engorged yeah. oh, before. Oh, I know. And it had little interstitials <laughs> from the Crypt Keeper in there, like doing introductions on this. Played the fifth. <laughs> Sorry, Miss May. Uh, but uh, as far as I mean, this was one of those elements that was truly. Lightning in a bottle. Yes. Once they found was. out about this and once it started to take off and they knew what they wanted to do with it and everybody wanted to get involved on this. I mean, you know, actors were asking to be a part yes. of this because they wanted to get killed off. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. That was an, a badge of honor. If you got killed in an episode of, you know, Tales from the Crypt, you, well, you knew you'd made it. It was going to be something spectacular. Yeah. Like there, there was going to be something just completely glorious about Absolutely. your death in this. So Absolutely. Like, and you know it was going to be something, either something gory and horrific or, just or something. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Something very, you didn't see coming. It's a yeah. comeuppance of very some much. kind, you know. But and like I, I said, it goes back to the comics. They were all about somebody getting some kind of comeuppance at the end right. of, the, of the story. So. I mean, I, I have to admit, this was one of my favorite series. Uh, coming in, you know, high school era, going mm-hmm. into college. Mm-hmm. This was a perfect series. This was, I wanted my parents to get HBO so I could watch this. Of course, they didn't. Yes. But this was the show that I wanted. Yeah. This was like when oh, I yeah. really was like, no, I want HBO because of this. I was having you to know? get VHS tapes and give them to a buddy of mine. And, and record like, them. Please yeah. record me. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to say up until the 2000s, this was the longest running series from HBO. They had Probably. had other series that you know lasted quite a while, but nothing yeah. that lasted Dream seven on. series. Yeah. I don't think Dream On lasted no, seven seasons. I think seasons. it was like four or five seasons. Yeah, I mean, like that. that would have been you know like first in ten and all those other ones, but nothing that lasted Sopranos. had the staying power of this. Well, eventually, Sopranos hadn't come out yet. Eventually, yeah. yeah. Sex in the City. You know, Sex in the City, that, Sopranos, yeah, was, those kind of shows didn't come out yet. Right, right. This was pre all of that. Right. And, you know, it kind of set the tone for this fun horror. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think that, you know, a, a creep show and those types of movies really embrace the fun horror. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's something I would love to see more movies doing nowadays is playing with that element of it. Yeah. You know, um, I finally got to see trick-or-treat in theaters and it took 15 years i mean i've seen the movie oh i know plenty of times and jealous there wasn't anything spec i mean they didn't have any extras or anything it was just it was just the movie but it was still one of those things where it's like no i remember seeing this trailer in 2007 and being like i have to see this this looks spectacular yep and then two and a half years later oh yeah it's coming out on, on dvd 
Well, what happened uh, in the theater? There was never, there was never a theater. Like, you know, what yes, it was, you, what yes, the- it was shown at like you know festivals and different right. stuff like that or conventions, but it was never had an official release until 2022. What right. theater did you see it? At? I saw it at Opry Mills. It's at it, Opry yeah, Mills. Yeah, it's, it's 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 all the all Regal has it in all of or they did. I don't know if it's still playing or not. Oh, I but hope so. but they they have multiple movies that they're doing that with like right. uh, Scream Two because it's the 25th Clerks, anniversary. Uh, the the new version of Clerks, Clerks Three. They're doing that in limited release. Yeah, that's yeah, that's already out on digital. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I saw Clerks Three also the yeah. same way. With it, but it's but but for specifically for how for October, right? They're doing uh, Bride of Frankenstein and the Mummy, and they were yeah. doing. Is it uh, Fathom events doing? It's this? not Fathom doing it. Oh, okay, this, this is just a. We're getting these movies to 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 show them. Halloween is another one. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't remember all. They did Halloween. Oh, oh, Dawn of the Dead is one. Romero's Dawn of the Dead is one of them. Uh, Yeah, that's a good one. They're kind of like staggering them. Like the first week, it was you know. But but the thing is, is they may still be on on. I don't know because it seems like with Trick or Treat, it wasn't on every day. Like like it it premiered on a Thursday, right? And it played Friday, and I think it played Saturday. But then it the next showing was like on Tuesday. Gotcha. You know, it was kind of one of those things where it was kind of, and then in the meantime, you know, another movie was released and that kind of stuff. But again, it goes back to that whole trick or treat is so much fun. Yes. You know, and of course we've talked about it. Ed well, Mazi there's been a lot here, of a know. lot of horror movies um, that played off the fun element. Right. I mean, right. Technically, if you want to go back to it, the like Nightmare on Elm Street three and four and oh, those kind once, of element. Once Freddy became a, a comic. A comical maniac. It, it, it was a whole different. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, it had it that fun element to right. it, right? Because that that first movie is a straight up horror movie. The second yeah. one is the gayest horror movie. Well, we'll talk about the other gayest horror movie ever. Uh, but it's <laughs> the opinions of Alan, and not those necessarily of the entire podcast. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, but yeah, but it was just kind of one of those things where it was like you know those first two Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street movies were different yeah. than once you hit Dream Warriors. Oh yeah. Beyond that is when you get that wisecracking, yeah, you know, smartass, yeah, with the one-liners and the you know, yeah. no, people are here to see Freddy. They don't care about the teen yeah. so much. Yeah. They just want to see how they how they're going to die and the, what what puns he's going to say. Well, you know, and I so. think that, but that kind of transition, I don't think you have a show like Tales from the Crypt if you don't have. No, I agree like with that. I Dream Warriors that. or I you know, agree Dream with Master that. because you set the tone for that. That changed horror movies all the way around, and the horror element all the way around. Because well, for the first Chucky time, Chucky became that kind of also to a know? point. Yeah, yeah he but I mean, did as especially as the series. Went well, yeah, I mean, but the thing was, this is where you started to see people watching these shows truly rooting for the bad guys. Right. Normally, you would watch these, yeah. seeing how are you going to survive this. No, now people are watching it, saying how is he going to kill all these people? Because you know they all going to die. Right. Mm-hmm. So it it really changed a lot of the elements of it, and I think that's one of the reasons why. The staying power on this show is so strong. I mean, mm-hmm. I could put on an episode right now and watch it. Yeah, it's, absolutely. You know, it, and we're talking thirty years later. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it still holds up. Again, Our, going back, practical effects. Well, you know, that's practical the, effects, simple, simple, simple. Mm-hmm. You didn't see anything going oh, way over the. Let's top talk about this also. How many things did Crypt Keeper pop up in just out of nowhere? Oh yeah. You know, for whatever, like all of a sudden, oh, it's yeah. like, oh look, we're watching NFL football, and there's the crypt, fig- the crypt keeper. You know, I mean, Monday it's Night just, Raw, yeah, exactly, you know? I mean, all kinds of stuff. Where it was like, yeah, be- again, at a time, the crypt keeper was on par with a Freddy or Jason or Michael. He Myers was or everywhere, like that. You know, and he, then he, he was, was an disappeared, I mean, and then just kind of disappeared one day. He was know? our 
um, horror movie narrator uh, for didn't, everything. Didn't they yeah. use him for like either a, a Bud Light or, or yes. Miller Light oh, yeah. Halloween promotion or something? Oh, yeah. I know they had Several. a fire at one of them. But yeah, it was yeah. just one of those things where like they would, they, it was like, hey, let's go to the Crypt Keeper. Everybody knows who this is. Kids love him. You know, it's one, kind of one of those things. It's, so it's, it's safe enough for the kids to love and talk to them, but it's adult enough to be able to get the yes. double entendres right. and the bad puns and the and again and the wink wink jokes with the you know? with the um, in the nineties yes. with the uh, Tales of the Crypt Keeper cartoon yep. they released action figures yeah. Uh, and I have a few. I have a Crypt Keeper, and I have a zombie, and I think a werewolf. And there was like a lot of generic stuff, you know. Right. But it was still one of those things. Like, no, no, no. I can actually get action figures of the Crypt Keeper. And this is before you know a lot. You started getting these the stuff that's, that was geared towards us, like right. as adults. You right. know, this was like no. They made these for kids, yeah. and they sold well. well there was a Crypt the- Keeper like doll, like a, a twelve inch that you could get. Yeah, you know, that would talk, talk to you. you know, it was kind of because stuff. of yeah. the Saturday morning cartoon, though. Well, I yeah. would say that. Well, so it was also that- the HBO. The HBO. Yeah, I think the HBO and especially them syndicating it. Yeah. You know, yeah. for for regular television. And that's, that was because they realized kids love this. Well, and if so. you remember the, the promos that the, the Crypt Keeper would do before and at the end of the episodes, mm-hmm. for the most part, were relatively clean. Very clean. You know? It, yeah, it was the stuff in the middle. that was Exactly. Like, that's where you saw more the launch. You know? was never... There were some double entendres, you know, that kind and every of stuff, now and then it would it was, get a little gory, but yeah, that's about it. But it was you know? never it was never vulgar. No. It was never, you know... It, yeah, it, it was just... It was. It was... Fun, yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of winking, a lot of double mm-hmm. entendres, a lot of just a lot of really bad. Puns. It was oh, it was <laughs> very much a comic book here. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I mean, so. and and that kind of fit back into that you know the the nineteen fifties comic book era mm-hmm. of it. I love this series. I can't recommend it enough. I suggest to all of our listeners, if you have not seen any episode of this, go find you a couple because it's worth it. About fifteen, sixteen years ago, I don't know who it is that owns. EC Comics now because they're not independently owned. Somebody somebody bought them. Somebody bought them out. I remember that because they reissued Yeah, because they, they did a whole bunch of re like, yeah. and that was the whole thing. When this was going on, there were all of these re there were these reprints of yep. of um, those old comic books, and I had a bunch of them. Yeah. And, you know, because I was like, I I loved them. I love they started doing all of them. You know, the different the weird science and shocking tales yep. and you know and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I just I just love them. You know, I love all that schlock from 1950s. It was wonderful. Stuff. Um, I forget who it is put out a really nice three volume set hardbound like omnibus style mm-hmm. of uh tales from the uh tales from the crypt um the vault of horror and um whatever the I can never remember the other one um but the, but the three the three horror yeah. books yeah. that that is no longer available it's out of print that sells for. St- Stupid amounts of money yeah. now, and I wish oh, yeah. I, I wish I had gotten a copy of it. So, <laughs> absolutely. Well, so, again, guys, and if you're gonna watch this thing, you gotta go find you an old CRT tube TV. Yes, uh, you know the DVDs that were put out in the early 2000s. They're when, good. When that, they're good, they are. They have a lot of extras on them. You know, yeah. you get a lot of behind the scenes stuff, and they look good. They're, those are still in standard definition. I right. have not seen. I think they actually no, they didn't do Blu-rays of them. Did I they? don't think so. I so those are one. still in standard definition, which are fine. You yeah. could actually watch them on a CRT yeah. without any problem. Uh, but they still hold up fairly well on a yeah. HD television, you know, flat screen. So um, yeah, go out. I mean, that um, are I they mean, streaming? They're not streaming on HBO, are they? No. I didn't check. I'm I don't not think. Sure. They no, they're are. not. I don't I think can't, they are. They're not on HBO Max. I don't. I'm. Probably I don't I, 
I seem to remember hearing that they're not available to stream anywhere. I could be wrong about right. that. There well, may, have there our might listeners be, check. There might, maybe, Go what is it, uh, what's the uh-huh. horror? Uh, Shudder. Shudder might have them or something. I, I don't, don't think they do. Um, no, because HBO still owns the licenses yeah, too. Yeah, I know. So. So. Well, I should anyway, say this. So. If you're going I'm, to go no, watch them. I'm going to see this. Yes, go ahead. HBO, if you're listening, put them out. Yeah. Freaking put them out on HBO Max. Definitely. Definitely. And make sure that if you're going to watch it, if you can, watch Tales from the Crypt, not HBO's Tales, Tales from the Crypt. Right. Yeah. It is a totally different experience. Yeah. It's so much more fun. Um, again, if you have these memories of these, if you have other memories of this show, if there's, you know, if you're not familiar with it and you want to know more about it, or if you want to just share your experiences, you know, what's your favorite episode? Hit us up on Discord. Find us on the Instas. You know, reach out to us. Send us an email because we would love to hear back about this. This is one that we're all three just kind of enamored with. So. Barry, the master yep. of the transition. Into I'm good, baby. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> He's the marketing promo guy. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, like we said, go go watch Tales from the Crypt. Definitely. However you can do it. So, yeah. Um, for the Project Genius Podcast, I'm Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Day. And I'm Barry. And we will see you next time. So long, kitties. See you. <laughs>